Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am Pittsburgh Current Editor and Publisher Charlie Deach, and we've got a fun show today. One of my old friends, James Porco, was with us to talk about Barjitsu, and uh, maybe we'll talk about we'll talk about some of the new endeavors that Barjitsu is undergoing. Maybe we'll talk about uh, talk about some other things. We'll talk about some wrestling and some uh, some uh, how Jim uh, James once gave me some uh, Ninja Stars when I was looking for them. Oh he's he's the man. He's the guy to go to for Battle Gear. Anyway, <laughs> yes, let's tell all the. Uh... Tell all the parents that they were plastic. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say that the uh, new issue of the Pittsburgh Current is out this week, and this week our fe- cover feature is on Light Up Night. Uh, November twenty second is Light Up Night, and uh, because we're on a two week cycle, this will uh, we use this week to show off. Um, Events of Light Up Night, as well as um, the normal lineup of music, arts, as well as David D'Angelo's fact check column um, and Brood on Grant by Rob Rogers. So check out the new issue of the Pittsburgh Current. Um, And also want to remind you of a couple of events we have coming up on Thursday, December 5th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Speakeasy at Max's Allegheny Tavern. We are hosting a repeal day party. Check out pittsburghcurrent.com for uh, all the details. And then on December 13th, we have Jim Krenn's very, the fantastic Bill Henry Band. Um, that's at the Roxian Theater on December 13th. So be sure to go to pittsburghcurrent.com to check that out. I got it right. So our guest today is uh, James Porco. James is the founder of Bar Jitsu, which we'll talk about, explain that. Um, but also, uh, Bar Jitsu isn't just a way of life anymore. It is uh, it is a way of life now. It's not just a fighting style. It's a way of life. James, welcome to the That's show. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so I've known you for quite a while, a few years now, and um, I think when I first knew you, um, I mean, you had written a book about, explain to folks what Bar Jitsu is in its original form when you, you wrote a book and, and so forth. Okay. So originally it was, uh, it, it started out as a joke where it was a, a book about bar fighting, a, mm-hmm. a humorous, but educational, uh, book about bar fighting. It was glorified bathroom reading material right. really. Um, and when I wrote this thing, I wrote it as it was going to be self-published. Um, and I was going to sell them for like five bucks a piece in bars and everything. Yeah. I have a good friend of mine at, I was letting him read it and he said, you know, this is actually pretty good. And and I, you know, I wasn't a professional writer or anything. So, uh, he had convinced me to start pitching at the company. So we started pitching it to, uh, publishing companies and next thing you know, it got picked up and I didn't, I had no idea it was going to get as big as it did. It became a bestseller on Amazon. It, uh, it actually hit number one for three weeks in Germany. Wow. So I was pretty impressed on that one. A lot of bar fighting in Germany. I guess apparently. (laughs) So, but, uh, in order to promote it, um, we created this company. I, we, uh, the people that helped me, yeah. uh, we created this company that does these traveling beer pong tournaments. Uh, beer pong became cornhole, became air guitar and everything. And next thing you know, uh, almost 10 years later, uh, I, I wrote the book in 2010 and here we are in ni- 2019, almost 10 years later, uh, we got this TV show coming out. So, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, the TV show. Like you said, you started doing beer pong tournaments in, 
bunch of different bars, right. um, some gentlemen's clubs and different places you guys would, would hold these events. And <laughs> yes, that was a good some venue gentlemen's for, clubs. That was a good venue for you guys. It, I mean, was, it was a good was venue, good. yes. And, and, um, and it also, you know, it was, it was a draw for these places as well. So how, how did you, I mean, obviously beer pong in the last 10 years at some point became, it became a huge thing again. Right. So why beer pong? How, how did that so decision get made? We needed something a little different. Any, anybody can set up a table with the cups and just play beer pong. And mm-hmm. then the bar or the venue, the restaurant, whatever it was, could throw in 200 bucks to the winners and everything. And that's yeah. it. So we needed the hook. We needed something that, that was going to draw people. Um, coming with my professional wrestling background, I was able to start creating championship belts uh, in a way that I could create them for each event that we had. Yeah. So every time we'd have an event, it wasn't just, hey, come here and play beer pong. It was, hey come and win these championship belts. So nobody really cared. Right. Nobody cared that they were coming to just play beer pong and ho- hopefully win some money. They wanted to walk away with championship belts. And it became such a sport uh, that like nobody cared that we were using water in the cups because the LCB doesn't allow it. Right. So people were just adamant about, we want to win it. We want to win it. So when we, when people would come and play and they would lose, the first thing they would ask us is when's your next tournament? Where's wow. it going to be? When can I win belts? Right. I mean, in the past, so we, we started running tournaments now. Uh, we wrote the book in 2010. Um, I want to say around 2012 is when we actually actively started doing the tournaments. Uh, I must have made somewhere up around 200 belts so far just for tournaments alone. Right. And you make these for, for each. So each time you have an advertised tournament, you make a belt. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to get off the subject just a little bit. How did you become a belt maker? Like, where did that skill come well, from? Well, <laughs> you were an iron worker. Is uh, that? I was an iron worker, yeah. but I actually was making belts before that. Um, I, I started just like everybody else with the whole cardboard belts and everything yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, and then whenever I became a pro wrestler back in 96, started going to the indie shows and seeing what people were using for championship yeah. belts. And I was kind of like, I could make something a little better sure. than that. So over the years, progressing to, you know, uh, stealing stop. We were stealing stop signs and engraving them with hand engravers, hand dremels, <laughs> right. uh, up to using just, you know, brass plates and, and etching them uh, electronically. And just now the belt quality is just uh, superb. So how much time does it take you to make a belt? Uh, I cut it down. It used to take me about 48 hours to make a belt. I can, I can bust one out in about six now. So six hours to make one belt from beginning to end. And what's the – so obviously there has to be uh, – it has to be advantageous to you and your company to, to make these belts because, I mean, I'm sure even if you're – I'm sure you're not stealing stop signs anymore, so you've got materials costs. Right. We so do have the material costs, yeah. but because I'm making it myself, uh, I've been able and, – and because Amazon is such a lovely shopping place, <laughs> uh, we're able to find the cheapest amount of materials. And then because obviously, like you said, the cost comes into to play, we don't want to be spending that – you know, ourselves. Yeah. So we get sponsors like Iron City Beer. They'll come in and they'll pay for the cost of the belts and then they'll gotcha. pay for the tournament and that's how we make our money. Gotcha. So flash forward, um, what year What year did you start doing these tournaments? So I we'd started about 2012 was the first actual okay. like, promoted tournament. Like we've done, to- we did tournaments before just to kind of like do them, but to start actually promoting them like a f- full-fledged, like, you know, RG2 Beer Pong League uh, started around 2012, September 2012. So here we come seven years later. How did uh, how did this become, as you, you're going to announce, um, you guys are go- coming to TV this winter, this January? January 3rd, Friday night, 10 o'clock. AT&T Sportsnet. AT&T Sportsnet. We so how did, how did that come about? I'm guessing that was a conversation you've been – and I know that that's something that – 
you've been thinking about for a while is getting like some some bigger exposure. It has been yeah. with with Facebook Live um, uh, giving you the opportunity to have your own forum for anything. Uh, it, it, it everybody was making their own shows. Everybody was putting anything you could on. Uh, you know, YouTube, right. Facebook, or anything like that. So I said, this is something that we got to jump on. We got to get on this. We have to, we have to somehow put what we're doing on, you know, social media and let people see it. So I started investing in some webcams and doing things like that, and then learning OBS, uh, you know, just from scratch, the the OBS broadcast studio thing, and um, figuring out, hey, you know what, I could really use some graphics on here and make this a watchable series. And instead of it just being beer pong, because you watch so many people that have their shows that are just beer pong. Uh, and you know, you hear people laughing in the back and everything. I kind of took a little twist from like dodgeball where we have the commentators. Yeah. So now you have commentary on top of it and it's not just commentary. I mean, like it's going to get boring talking about a ball going from left to Right. right. So you start adding that comedy to it. And, uh, and I said, we really have something here. I need to pitch this. Mm-hmm. So I called AT&T Sportsnet and I said, listen, I have an idea for a show. And uh, I got a hold of the programming director. And uh, he said, all right, what do you got? And I said, uh, championship beer pong. And he started laughing and he said, uh, thank you for your time. <laughs> and I started laughing. Yeah. And he said, out of curiosity, I'm just wondering why you're laughing. And I said, well, if you give me 30 seconds and let me pitch what I have for you, you may not find that it's funny. Mm-hmm. I just... Because what was I going to lose? Yeah. That's exactly how I said it. So he said, all right, you got my attention. Go ahead. So I pitched him. I said, what if we had a championship beer pong that did not use beer? We used water. And, in, you know, we, we televised it with commentators, funny commentators. We could bring in celebrity players, things like that. And uh, you actually have a 30-minute show. And uh, there it is. <laughs> so we started doing that. And the next thing you know – um, I, I pitched him the idea. He said, go ahead and send me an episode. So uh, we sent him an episode, and he really liked it. He was really impressed by it, but he wanted something a little bit more. Uh, he said, I like what you're doing, but, you know, you're using webcams, and, and you got, you know, uh, you don't have the greatest quality. Right. He's like, but the concept is what I really like. So after that, uh, he said, go ahead and try it again. Pitch me another pilot, but we want you to pitch it with, you know, get multiple cameras, get, uh, don't have as many graphics on the screen. So as, as what you guys see right now was the final pilot that we pitched and they ended up picking it up. And now January 3rd, 2020, we will be on AT&T sports now. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. So where is the, where's the, there's so many questions. Um, so many. So are we, so the season, will the season be, Sort of, will it be several tournaments? Will it be one tournament over the course of a season? So it's going to be one tournament. This first season is going to be one tournament, uh, eight teams over mm-hmm. the course of one season. Uh, each week you'll be able to see two separate teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, at least the first four weeks, you'll see two different teams on the screen until it gets into round two. And then the people that advanced from the first round will go into the second round. Uh, so then once they complete the second round, then the final two teams will take off and compete in a championship round. So that only leads us to the seven, uh, the seven episodes. Mm-hmm. We have to do eight uh, as required by for a season. Right. So I think what we're going to do is for the eighth season, the winner of the, the, the finals is going to compete for the, against the uh, current champions, the Ward Street boys uh, for the championship belts. Now, where was their title, uh, 
where was their title claimed? How was, who sanctions their title? So, <laughs> so they were, uh, we were in the Bargetu Academy up in Carrick, right. uh, which is no more. We actually just sold it because now that we're moving on and moving up, we don't have enough time to, to do the things right. we were doing. Um, so they actually won it there and, uh, they represented us and Iron City Beer in Vegas at the World Series of Beer Pong, uh, last year. They, they actually made it to the, the final day. It's a three day event. They made right. it to the final day. Didn't win the championship, but it was pretty impressive. So shout out to the Ward Street boys. Um, so they'll definitely be part of the, the, the production, uh, this time around. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So the teams that you're going to have playing in this, are they, um, is this, and I don't know if you've filmed it all yet or not, but is this something that, um, is this going to be just kind of one open tournament? Are you, or the teams hand selected from sort of the best that you've seen throughout your, the different. Uh, they were actually selected by the sponsors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever sponsors decided that they wanted to buy in, we were only doing a limited eight for the first season. Right. I'm sure next season uh, we'll do 16 teams or something sure. like that. We want to make it longer. Uh, the way that we wanted to do this was we didn't want it to be like uh, – we didn't want it to drag on for months. Sure. And then people get – it gets stale. Right. So we said, all right, we're going to do eight teams. That's it. We'll keep it fresh every episode. Yeah. So you see new faces every episode. And after two months – Whenever the championship is said and done, when we do it again, everybody's ready for the next season. Yeah. What's the atmosphere like around these matches? Is it uh, obviously you have fan, you have people there watching, uh, but is it also is there? Um, I don't know. I think beer pong would be a great place to practice your smack talk and uh, so forth. And- it is. It's funny um, when we when we start doing it, uh, the crowd that watches that gathers around. They get really into it, right? Right. To the point where they're so silent because they don't want to upset anyone. So we have to tell them, we're like, guys, you get, you can cheer them on. You know, you can, you know, hand it up a little bit. So they get all excited. But the smack talk, usually in the first round, the first game, the teams are, they're, they're pretty sporty with each other. There's nothing really going on. Uh, usually around the, the end of the second and the right. third match, smack talk, it begins. <laughs> like you see with the spinsters, they start wearing their low-cut shirts and uh, they think that that's going to you know intimidate the other side. A distraction. Yeah. Um, so what, what are the uh, – what are some – I mean, and we've all played beer pong probably in some form or another. What are some of the nuances, though, that make uh, – that make a team good versus make a team just, you know, well, me and my cousin playing something like that. Uh, I think the rules have a lot to play with. Yeah. It. Um, a lot of people, um, they play like the college rules and stuff. They play things like Island celebrity shot and all that. What we do is we make it the most basic form of beer pong and, and we eliminate any of the, like no leans. So we use an eight foot table. It's got, it's got boundaries on it. So, you, you know, you can't lean across. Uh, we have a referee, uh, Kristen, Kristen L. She she's mm-hmm. a great ref. She watches for the leans. She watches for anything. But one of the one of the big rules that we have that nobody has. Uh, it's very unique. It's called the psych out rule. Um, you get two re racks at any time during gameplay. That mm-hmm. means any time. So if you shoot, and then your partner is about to shoot, and the other team calls for a re rack, and you, your partner shoots without re racking that and makes that cup. The cup doesn't count because you have to honor the re-rack at any time. Yeah. So we that's a very unique rule that nobody else has. And whenever you should see some of the teams, whenever they're like, what kind of rule is that? <laughs> right. You know? And you're like, yeah, it's the psych out rule. Yeah. So, and if you actually watch the episode with the spinsters versus beer money, um, there, there's, there's a shot that's made that Dale calls for the re-rack and they make it and they lose it. And then whenever he calls for it again, she actually controls herself and you can see the amount yeah. of control. They really get into it. So the difference between 
just setting up a table with beer pong at, at anybody's house and just playing. And the way, the way that we do it, the way that we do it is get it gets taken so much more seriously. You actually have to appreciate the players because you watch them and they just, they really get into it and they're really focused yeah. on it. They realize they're like, I'm not just here to play just to get drunk and, and, and win. I'm here for like championship gold. Right. You know, so it gets really intense to watch it. And, and you find yourself watching an episode like that, Beer Money versus the Spencers. Mm-hmm. It's a 23-minute episode on, on social media. Um, next thing you know, you're, you're 20 minutes into it. And you're like, I've watched, I sat and watched this whole thing. I'm sitting here as a grown adult watching right. beer pong. Right. And I'm enjoying it. And it's just something that we felt that needed to be put out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got championship darts, championship cornhole. It's all it's all being right. televised now, but nobody has come out and said, let's televise championship pong because nobody's taken a, the time to say, this is what we need to, to do to make this an effective show and an enjoyable show. Yeah. Um, I like the psych out where it's kind of like icing the kicker in, in, in football. You yeah. know, call that timeout right as they, they were to kick the ball. So that's pretty cool. Um and so are the, are the rules something that you just, that you kind of tinkered with over the years, just sort of find out, I mean, you not only want, I mean, obviously there's, you know, fair play, whatever, but there's also, you want something that is going to make the game different, make the game a little more exciting, right? Right. We, the, the way that we catered to it was that we wanted it so that it's, uh, uh, we eliminated the fourth, the, the fourth row of cups. So mm-hmm. it's only six cups. It's not okay. 10. Most people use a 10 cup table. Um, we use six cups. Is that for speed or is that for? That's for speed. Yeah. That's to cut the time down. Um, and also, like I said, the we wanted the rules to be as basic as possible because you don't want a ringer coming in and just sinking it. Most people, most games, if you make two, you get both of them back and then you shoot again and you get them both back. For ours, if you make two cups, you only get one back. Um, we don't really care about the order that you shoot. A lot of teams will mm-hmm. say, you know, well, he shot first and then she shot second. So that's how it has to go the rest of the game. We don't really play it that way. We let them shoot how they want. Yeah. But we keep them, like I said, as basic as possible to keep the time frame down and, and just to kind of like weed out the, the garbage players. Yeah. I hate to say it like that, but you do, sure. get, you do get players that they're so garbage that uh, one round will last 45 minutes. Wow. And you just have to cut it. You have to say, come on, you know, it's, it's yeah. got to end soon. Mercy, That's too much. You know, mercy for one, was for just, one game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we, we kind of mentioned, um, I think we mentioned it, we we're talking about it before we, before the show, but, um, so along with, uh, Bar Jitsu, the show, you've also got a video game coming we out do. next year, right? Yeah, actually, it's uh, it should have came out a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, the the company that developed it, uh, Mega Cat Studios here in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, we got together about three years ago, and uh, I had an idea for a game. Uh, it, it turned out it was going to be an 8-bit game uh, that you were going to be able to play on a console, uh, and then one thing changed to another, and then the format changed. Now it's a 3D uh, 3D game that you can play on the iPhone and Android. Um, it's actually downloadable now, but it's it's not the the final right. version of it. Um, so what's unique about it is that you get to pick a character and you play through uh, several levels. Iron City is one of the levels yeah. of the game, and the points that you score that we call, they were going to originally be Facebook likes. They're now called social media, whatever's right. Um, the points that you score, you accrue in the game. You can actually, um, cash them in at sport clips, any sport clips nationally, wow. uh, for a haircut. Wow. So, and, um, I will see, cause I'm not a petty fellow. I will say this, this James had this idea so long ago. Um, we actually both worked at steel city media. We That's did, where we yes. met. Um, and it's been so long ago. I worked at city paper, which is a level, 
But that's actually a level that I helped James. I said, you should check it with is. And they did. So, you know, I want to be the final boss, but, you know, no luck there, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, so I, I want people to know that, you know, I fully support, uh, I fully support the, the game. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really good. Cool. So what, what gives you, like, where do you get the idea, like, I mean, they're marketing ideas is what they are. They're obviously, they're, they're, mm-hmm. so, I mean, where do, where do you come up with these ideas in terms of, you, you have this book that somehow you've turned into, like, a beer pong tournament and a fighting video. It's a fighting game, right? Mm-hmm. It's a fighting video game. So, I mean, where do the where do the ideas come from? Is it just you're like looking for some different way to to, to different things to do, or is it? They honestly, uh, <laughs> most of them come to me uh, while I'm sleeping. Right. You know, I, I I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh my god, that would be a great idea. Yeah. Or even if it's a terrible idea, I I write it down and I go, well, how can I tweak this idea and make it better? Uh, it's just my brain is constantly going. I'm not. By by no means uh, like creative genius or anything like that. Yeah. You know, it's just it's my thing is I want to give people things that they want, and people always want fighting. People always want drinking. Right. You know. Right. And if there's a way to combine it, fighting and, and it, drinking, they exactly. com- they're combined a lot actually. And people like the video games. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so people just they enjoy everything that I'm giving them. And yeah. Of course, we have the barjitsu girls, so you got to give them the sex. Right. <laughs> so if we can combine the fighting. The video games, the drinking, and the sex, and and figure out some sort of product. That's what that's where Barjitsu really got its start. Um, I, I wanted to ask because again, when this idea came, yeah, the the video game idea came. It was an it was an eight bit game. I know, like, it was, yes. you're really excited about it. And it was really cool because at that time, um, you know, there were. I mean, you could still. I mean, you can buy not even an old Nintendo. You can buy a new system mm-hmm. to play eight bit games and so forth. But it was really like three or four years ago. That was kind of the, that was really kind of a big thing kind of come back. So are you disappointed at all that are you, are you think this is a better, it's obviously a better version being 3d, but you know, obviously it's going to have a different feel. Too. Right. With, I, I think, I don't think the, uh, the eight bit, um, generation was really accepted by the millennial, the millennials so <laughs> right. much. Uh, so I think, you know, when it came back retro a few years ago, that was the big thing. It was exciting. Uh, but now that I look at it and talking to the developer and everything, it, it is definitely a better uh, better fit the way it is now with the yeah. 3D format, the graphics and everything, because it's, it's more enjoyable. It's playable. My whole thinking was, uh, what I told them was, I want a video game that... You're not just going to play and get bored with. I want something that get, that has that feel of like Contra or Kung Fu sure, uh, or even Double Dragon where you're just like, I don't care what level I'm on. I just love playing yeah. this game. And that's why we came up with the idea, well, let's play beer pong because you can always just sit down while you're waiting for something and play the computer in beer pong, just right. flicking the ball across the screen. Um, and then we added Flip Cup. So Flip Cup is good. And then he changed it. So uh, – the developer explained that to have it as a fighting game, like like you would with the thumbs, sure, um, it would take up too much of the screen and you wouldn't be able to see it. So he had suggested switching to RPG mode. Yeah. So I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of RPG, and then once he he showed me what it was like, and I started playing some RPG games, I like uh, Super Mario RPG. Yeah. I started really getting hooked, and I was like, yeah. wow, this is actually pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty excited because it, it apparently. Uh, most people uh, enjoy the majority of the people enjoy RPG style, so that that kind of that kind of makes me excited yeah. to, to see it come out that way. And give a shout out again to the game company. It's Mega Cat Mega Studios. Cat Studios. Yeah, the guys are awesome. Good dude. Yeah. Love you. Um. So uh. So where do you? So where where do you where does Barjitsu go from here? Is it is it like another? 
is it like another game? Is it like another endeavor? Is it kind of growing what you have or, or do you have plans for the future? Well, we just, I just kind of go with it as, yeah. and go as it, as it takes me. Um, uh, I don't really have any big plans. I don't say this is what I want to do. No. Okay. That's a lie. Right. I, <laughs> I was going to call because ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, um, I have, uh, oh, I've always had this in my back pocket. Yeah. Uh, an idea for a movie. Uh, it would be a cheesy, obviously yeah. not, not a lister movie, but, uh, I have a move. I have an idea for a movie about an underground fight thing, not fight club ish, right. but, uh, that would turn into a, comedy uh that ultimately if that's where i would go i would say we would make a barge two movie it would and it would be nothing it would have nothing to do with me or like the start of it the origin of barge two or any of that your origin story the james porco origin story the radioactive (laughs) beer bottle Uh, (laughs) but it would just it would be a a story about uh basically bar fighting yeah taken to an underground level it'd be kind of cool with like local talent you get a Get a Pittsburgh dad or a uh, Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> love that. Yeah, I'd absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it gets to a point where we can shoot that, I'd I'd be all I'd be all in. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. So is this? Um, it, it's obviously. I mean, it's 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 grown a lot in in the last few. Years. You guys even had a, um, and I, I do want to talk a little bit just because it's a personal interest to me. Um, and actually was um. I don't want to say wasn't it was the most fascinating thing for me at the time when I met you to learn that you were a professional wrestler, right? And Barjitsu, you even had a, a wrestling title, correct? We do that, that, I, it's actually you, it's still active? Yes, it is. It's actually in the car as we speak. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mike Blade is our current champion. Still, um, he still is. Uh, he, he we we keep it on him because uh, we're just happy with what yeah. he does. He he's a, a hell of a promoter. Whenever he gets out there, uh, yeah, and pushes the product. So the uh, yeah the Barjitsu Championship belt. So he was, travels around to different promotions is that yeah it hasn't lately yeah. just because we've been doing so much and 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 mike blade has been so, been so busy uh he hasn't been able to actually promote it as much right but it's still it does wherever he goes it goes with him yeah uh and we've been talking about uh maybe having him i hate to say i hate to say it like this but uh having him drop it to a younger you know <laughs> sorry mike but like to a Wait, younger what do you mean drop it what are you talking about like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know passing the torch as we yes. say uh we've been talking about passing the torch to somebody else and getting it out there um i know uh Kristen works with rwa and uh they were talking about doing something but uh um you know that that's still in the works we'll right. see how that goes is that a title belt you made no actually it was originally right and did you get then you, you i originally yeah. the original barjitsu championship belt was a steel sign it was a it was a stop sign yeah uh that uh we were using and then uh I ran into Dave Milliken, who mm-hmm. makes the belts for WWE, one of the belt makers for WWE, yeah. and um, told him about the concept that we were, we were doing and everything. And I showed him the belt that we had, and uh, he was pretty impressed with the stop sign version. And yeah. I said, "But I'm sure you can make something a little better." Yeah. And uh, he, we, we kind of worked together on a design for it yeah. because I told him I was a big fan of the old Intercontinental, old school Intercontinental yeah. belt. So it is based off of that, and uh, and you know it still it still shines to this day. I would keep that big ass stop sign to regular size and just wear that sucker around. That'd be great. It is that's still a nice one. I still <laughs> like it. It's the big. We use the yeah. original bottle cap logo for yeah, Bungie yeah. Two with the beer chucks yeah. on the side plates. So it's still it's still a nice belt to have <laughs> in my basement on display. Um, but uh, yeah, we carry the big one, the big dog around. So. Um, Let's finish up today talking a little bit about your um your your wrestling 
you kind of got your start. You started wrestling. Were you a fan growing up? Was it? Uh, I was. I was a big fan yeah. growing up. Uh, it really, um, there was just something about performing. Even when I was a kid, yeah. I kind of knew it was all performance, you know, because yeah. it was like, ah, nobody really does that. And then you hear the stories. You're like, is it real? Is yeah, it yeah. not? Um, but uh, I knew that. The the day that I turned eighteen, I was like, "This is what I want to do." Really? So when I turned eighteen, I I uh, I, w- I went into looking into uh, start, and we we were talking about this before. I would started at PWX, mm-hmm. uh, and I was the low man. Oh man, <laughs> I was the jobber and a yeah. half. Uh, but um, moved on from there. Started working for some other uh, local uh, indie. Where did you train initially? Uh, I initially trained at PWX. Okay, and. Um, and then after that, I moved on, and I I met New Jack, and New Jack actually retrained me. Uh, I was able to to start traveling with him, getting in the ring with people like uh, you know um, Shane Douglas and things. Like yeah, that. it was pretty exciting to start uh, learning tips from from other people, yeah. like ECW people. Right. Uh, and then you would come back to Pittsburgh and start doing these indie shows, and it was a whole new wrestler in the ring. You know, different look, different gimmick, mm-hmm. and just different style. And uh, <clears throat> but going it had its benefits and its its advantages yeah. and disadvantages going on the road meeting all these people like you know Rob Van Dam and all that stuff uh Spike Dudley was a big influence we we hit it off really well yeah uh but that's when you start learning uh what behind the scenes is really like <laughs> right you know when you you see these people that you you ran into for or you you watched for years mm-hmm. you idolized them for years and when you introduce yourself the first thing they ask is if you have a Xanax and you're like uh wow you know no, I, I don't. I don't really do anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So it really kind of like took the taste out of my mouth. Yeah. And, and I saw uh, that was actually when I decided to stop wrestling um, was right around when when bar jitsu began because I said yeah. I need something else to do. Yeah. You know, I was used to traveling every weekend going and doing these shows. Sure. And then I, I started teaching martial arts again because I had been doing it since I was eight years old. Um, you know, so I'm 41 now and uh, just deciding, hey, there's something I got to do with this. So when I was doing these outdoor classes and people kept asking me, where would I do these techniques? And I said, in a bar, that's all bar jitsu began. So right. the wrestling career ended for a short time. Uh, I, I did I did come out of retirement for a one-time match last January. Uh, not the one that just passed, but uh, two Januarys ago. Yeah. Uh, just so my daughter could see me wrestle one last time. That's cool. I turned 40. Um, for those, for, for the, for the, uh, uninformed, uh, give like a 45 second, uh, 60 second, uh, thumbnail sketch of who new Jack is. Oh, oof. <laughs> new Jack. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's the, what was that, that movie beyond the mat? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. New Jack. If, if you need to know who new Jack is, yeah. uh, watch beyond the mat. New Jack is, I tell you what, one of the most lovable guys ever that I've, I've met uh, yeah. really took me under his wing, but, uh, a bit psychotic. Um, he's the original gangster from ECW. Uh, he just, um, <laughs> very hardcore, uh, you know, feared by a yeah. lot, adored by just as many. Yeah. I think um, if you look back at like a lot of the horrific stories that have come out of professional wrestling, new Jack is tied to a lot of them. He is, he, he is yeah. definitely tied to, he, uh, you know, he boasts about his four justifiable, justifiable homicides right. when he was a bounty hunter, um, which actually that goes into another story about whenever me and him connected, he found out that I myself was a bail enforcement agent. Mm-hmm. So he had an idea to do a show called new jack bounty hunter and beyond we filmed the pilot for a and e and it got picked up really and then he ended up getting into uh, a little little 
incident with Dog the Bounty Hunter, and the next thing I know, our show was canceled. Wow. So, And you can actually YouTube that. You'll see I was I was like 305 <laughs> pounds in that pilot. It, was, it doesn't even look like me. Bald head, douchebag, chin strap. It was pretty, pretty crazy. That's great. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely like spend a little time Googling New Jack. It's uh, some entertaining stuff. James, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Oh, I really appreciate you. catching up with you and uh, good luck with uh, the future endeavors. I, I think that um, I know it's something that you've been like, you know, something you've been working hard toward for a long time. So it's glad to see it paying off for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And this has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. You can check out the current edition of the Pittsburgh Current. Yeah, I know it's too many currents. Uh, on the streets now, uh, our coverage of Light Up Night, uh, and then all uh, your latest arts and music and news coverage. Um, we will see you next week. A better alternative Giving Pittsburgh A better alternative This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.